Hey there, we're pulling this episode from our story archives where we've covered part one and part two of Lupin in preparation for part three of Lupin releasing October 5th. We hope you enjoy this episode and our upcoming deep dive coverage on Lupin part three. We're back. We've made it. We made it to the finale of, well, not finale, but the mid-season finale of Lupin. Season one. Part one. I'm your host, Mario Busto, and I'm here with... Zachary Newton. Welcome, everyone. Zach, what'd you think? <sighs> Episode five here. This is totally not the direction that I went or thought it would go in. I think I was right in part of my prediction... Why is that? Of saying that Pellegrini would end up on top in this, in the ending of this episode. It's in, he's indirectly on, on top, in, in my opinion. He, he didn't have, like, direct involvement with, with what went on, but he definitely has the leverage. And, you know, it's, it's pretty clear, I think, where where things are going to end up going in the second part of the season. At least I, I feel what it's ab- clear. What about the episode, didn't you, uh, what about the episode didn't go the way you thought it would i thought it was going to be more of a a direct um i don't know if attack is the right word but i thought there was going to be more of a direct exchange between asan and uh pellegrini because every episode thus far well i don't know if i could say that actually because uh episode was episode three was kind of just like a really slow burn giving you a ton of backstory but most of the episodes have really been you know all right we're gonna bring up this character and everything's gonna be all about this one character and you're gonna you know like it it goes real far and this one um it's almost like there there wasn't really much happening like you didn't really try to do anything um but but be with his family which which i guess the way things end up being phrased is is him not letting Pellegrini win in this episode. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. Yeah. Good point. Well, while I was waiting for while we were getting set up, I I took the opportunity to do a little bit of deep diving, something that we really mm-hmm. haven't done in the earlier episodes, as far mm-hmm. as um, looking into the creator of the show and the directors of the show, of the show episodes, mm-hmm. uh, because as most people who watch TV know. Usually it's not the same director that episode that directs every episode. Although in some situations it is, they do direct a handful of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to kind of do a deep dive. And I was actually uh, intrigued to see the work of both the creators and the, and one of the directors in particular. So mm-hmm. um, Lupin is actually created by George K according to the IMDB page here. Um, and I looked into his writing background and he's the writer, not the necessarily the creator of this show, but he's the writer on the last show before Lupin that absolutely reeled me in completely. And I was hooked. I watched it all like in a, in a weekend sitting, which is the show series Criminal. Huh. Did you did I tell you about that show? I don't know. Criminal? It's, is it just criminal it, or is it something else? It's just called Criminal. The premise of it is. You're there in an interrogation room. The entire episode is almost like a play. It takes place in one location 
and maybe in like one building, but it's really just one room. Mm-hmm. And you have the cops or the interrogators and you have the accused criminal or the suspect. And pretty much the whole premise of the show is the you don't know what this person did. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they're guilty. And it's up to the audience to pretty much decide hmm. or try to figure out along the way whether they're guilty or not, whether they are a criminal. So uh, when I saw that he was the, the lead writer on it, which, by the way, I would recommend that to everybody. Anybody who likes Lupin would like the show Criminal. I would I would stake the house on it for sure. Uh, and sp- yeah, definitely you, Zach. You would in- yeah. you would love that show. Yeah, um, I just noted that it's like, down. It's a mini series, and it's just so well made. Um, God, I can't say enough about it. That's <laughs> I and I had forgotten about it. It was out of my memory until I clicked on his IMDb and, and saw it. Uh, and then I wanted to look up, okay, who directed these episodes? And it turns out that there's two directors over the, the full season. And the first three episodes were directed by this guy named Louis Leterrier. Mm-hmm. And you want to guess um, some of the movies that this guy's directed? Oh, uh, he did the, which, which episode? The first one? He did the first three. The first three. Okay. I mean... Did it have? I mean, anything? you're going in blank. You're not gonna. You're yeah, not gonna no, guess. I, I have zero idea. I mean, did it have anything to do with James Bond? A type of character like that. A type of. of character like James Bond. Okay. We were talking about it the other day. Oh shoot! See, a type of character like James Bond. I don't. What was I talking about the other day? Yeah, one. Like yeah, one guess. We were talking about an actor. <sighs> uh, we we're talking like about man. Ryan Gosling. No, 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 Ryan Gosling. No. It was it wasn't too recent. No, it okay. wasn't about drive, no. Yeah, okay. You give up? I give up. I I can't think of it. Louis Leterrier directed the transporter with Jason Are Statham. you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. He directed the transporter, the transporter two, which are the best two transporters. I agree. Uh the uh, the rest of the transporters are just kinda eh. they don't yeah. live up to the first two. Uh, the one kind of crap on his list is actually, I don't know if this is the bad one. I think this is the one that I liked of the two. Is this the Ed Norton one? Okay. He did the, the Ed Norton Hulk. Okay. Okay. That was, which I enjoyed that one. I didn't, I didn't like the first one with, I forget the actor who was in the original, a famous actor, Clive, wasn't Clive Owen. I don't know who that was. Mm. Uh, Eric Bana, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, he directed Clash of the Titans. Okay. You seen Clash of the Titans? I liked. I really enjoyed Clash of the Titans, but I am one of the few. Yeah, I no, really I, like. Um, I did see it. I liked that one. I love like Greek mythology and all of that stuff. So it's very intriguing. To- totally into that. He directed Now You See Me. Now you see me. I know the magician that. movie. Okay. Okay. I mean, he's a perfect fit. You really think about it. Uh-huh. Like his background is a perfect fit for this. And then after that, he kind of had like a little bit of a a lull. He did the Brothers Grimsby, which I did not. Uh, see Tycoon, which I have not watched either. Which maybe that's good. Maybe Tycoon is good for all I know. What is that? Eh, based in Miami. <laughs> it was made in 2017. Only one season, so it must have been canceled or not picked up again. Which doesn't mean it's bad. It just didn't pick up an audience. <laughs> and then Dark Crystal, The Age of Resistance. Now that does not call my attention at all. Return to the World of Thrall, where three Gelfling. Yeah, you lost me. Um. Could be amazing. Who knows? But um, yeah, I was just when I saw the transporter on there, I was like, "Oh, amazing!" And he did Tower of Strength. What is? Oh, he's working on Tower of Strength, which is featuring Omar Sy as well. Oh, really? 
Yeah, so very cool. Now, the other director of the final two episodes here, uh, her name is Marcella Said. Mm-hmm. Literally, Marcella Said. And um, I'm said. not really familiar with some of the movies here, although I've heard of a couple of these. Narcos Mexico, I know of. Yeah. Uh, the Summer of Flying Fish, I know of. Um, and that's about it. I don't know much of the rest of these. But I got to say, episode four and five were my favorites. Um, no episode one and five were my favorites four yeah. was third yeah four was third um all right man let's get into the recap here we got a quite a bit of stuff that happened here i think they they intertwined flashbacks and flash forwards mm-hmm. spectacularly in this one yeah um and you get a lot of that you don't get too much of a, a dull moment in this one mm-hmm. and it all just comes together very well showing the past showing you a little bit of background between Hassan and claire and uh, young, you get to see a younger Hassan. I gotta say, they do a good job of making them look more youthful. Yeah, right. They do. Even Hassan he, he, he did look more he fit. More youthful. Yeah, he looked more fit. Like you look at him in the past, and you look at him in that running scene, specifically in the second walkthrough. He, he's not like a super athlete. Oh, when no. he's like, like when he's climbing and stuff like that, he might need to shape up if they the have gym. him doing a lot of action scenes. <laughs> yeah, well, he's in good shape, but he's not like um, he's not going to be running around like uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a comparison. Like Jason Statham in, in Transport, yeah. he's not gonna be yeah. doing that. <laughs> but he doesn't have to because Lupin is also like a suave, debonair type of uh, charming thief. He doesn't need to mm-hmm. out physical people. He's not a killer, um, as no, we see in this no, episode but as he well. Can, he can be forceful when he needs to be. Yeah, but he's not killing. He's no, not killing. Not, not yet. Yeah, and I don't think this show is gonna go there. If I'm wrong, I owe you a bottle of whiskey. All right. <laughs> if he kills someone, it has to be in the way I said. Where it's going to be like, the he doesn't want to. He's like, it's up. It's over now, Pellegrini. You're surrounded. You're surrounded. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You've taken everything from me, Lupin. You've done it all. And he, you know, (laughs) does something stupid and sets himself on fire. You know, whatever. (laughs) Watch watch that be exactly how this this, uh, first season. Anyway. That's going to be hilarious. All right. So episode five. I like to say 105, but uh, it starts with a distraught Asan lamenting the death of Fabian, who he uh, partly blames the death on himself. Well, fully blames yeah, because he says to Benjamin at one point that it's his fault. Uh, now, Benjamin's not hearing too much of this sulking. He's like, he's not there for it. Mm-hmm. So he's essentially saying, hey, man, I don't want you to end up dead now, too. And he reminds Asan that you got a family to think about which we learned something here about Hassan in some sense. Mm-hmm. And you learn a few things about him because he's not necessarily the most clean cut no. individual. No, this, because, I think this uh, is the most revealing about him, this whole episode. Yeah, but I like it. And, you know, because it's real. It's mm-hmm. just real. So he's talking about, um, he doesn't want, he's not in the mood to go pick up his son for his birthday, essentially, because mm-hmm. he's, he's obsessed with getting revenge on Pellegrini. So you kind of see a little bit of a selfish side to him. Yeah. He's not the always do everything right type of character uh he has his flaws um which i i think it's it's refreshing to see in Mm -hmm. a show it's not you don't want it's just not realistic that you're gonna have this perfect at all times character that's true um meanwhile in the detective hq you get a gadira which is i found out his last name is gadira because in this episode they just call him gadira like constantly so his last name must be gadira yusuf gadira calls in a sick day coincidentally not coincidentally purposefully on Maurice LeBlanc's birthday, which is the author and creator of our son, Lupin. Mm-hmm. And, um, he is gone. We don't know where he's going on this day, but 
he decides to take a sick day, which is we know going to lead to something, right? Yeah. Uh, also, coincidentally, Raul's birthday happens to fall on Maurice LeBlanc's birthday, which we find so, out about a little later as well. Well, which I mean, we also I think find we out kind later, of yeah. we kind of know, but they they emphasize it a little later. You know, when, when I was first. Uh, well, when I say when I was first watching it, this is my first watch. Uh, when I was watching it uh, and saw uh, Yusuf sitting there in the police station with the text message pop up on his phone, uh, and it said, "You know, it's uh, so and so's birthday," I had to roll it back for a minute because I was like, "Wait a minute, did they just say Matt LeBlanc?" <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, what "I don't know where you're going the with heck that." Is going well, that, on because I've every yeah. uh, Kayla and they make I, a big deal about it. Matt well, LeBlanc is Joey from Friends, right? Yeah, he's Joey from Friends. But uh, I know you're not a Friends guy. You're a Sopranos guy. But, um, no, no, I'm a, I'm a Seinfeld guy. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. All right, Seinfeld guy. Fine. Anyways, um, not Kayla and I, I well, she kind of got into watching it last one and this one. But anyways, every time we're watching it and somebody says something a little quick, you know, um, we there's this line in Friends that, that Joey ends up saying when he's trying to learn French with Phoebe. And so... I don't know. She, she's going like, and he's like, me poo poo. <laughs> it was just great. So we keep doing that every two seconds. But <laughs> other than that, let's continue. I, I watched a lot of Friends because my, my sister and my mom were, they watched every episode of Friends. So, mm-hmm. uh, but then I saw Seinfeld and I was like, I never really put the two and two together. I just always preferred uh, Seinfeld. Uh, over the years, I get home from school and see it on TV, and I was like, "This is this is great." Um, all right, we get a a moment where Assange on his way to Claire's apartment, and once again, Pellegrini's hitman, the most conspicuous hitman on earth. The man mm. never looks like he's doing anything good. No, uh, I mean, can there, can we get a hitman who's not so obviously a hitman? Like he doesn't try to hide. He, he's not like James Bond, you know, pulling up a newspaper, you know, just just kind of creeping on somebody. He. he He's just like this menacing looking dude staring at He's you. He's always got like these, these eyes, these like killer yeah, eyes. Yeah, he's just you know? staring like, at I'm you. I'm going like, to kill you. Yeah. Like, you, you know, I think, <laughs> I think he was looking at, at Hassan so hard later on in the show that he just knew he was there. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like I want to be caught. I am yeah. the, he might as well just wear like a name tag. I'm the hitman. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we get a nice little chase scene there with Hassan, uh, running up a parking garage and uh <laughs> struggling to climb over the wall i gotta say that is harder than it looks to yeah. just go and just jump over that big ass wall yeah and uh he climbs over it which i gotta say where else is the where else is he gonna go mm-hmm. he's on top yeah. of the parking garage where? the hitman just gives up yeah i know i was surprised about that as well he just money. stood there Not worth i would have turned around and i'm like okay there's a ledge over here that leads like 50 feet to the ground but behind me there's a short wall maybe just maybe uh he might be over there uh, where where else could he be? There's what did he jump off the parking garage, Bob? That's what I'm saying. Like, ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, it's like, uh, um, what was that uh, movie? Um, Men in Black, where the guy just jumps off the parking garage, kills himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if he dies. I can't remember. Um, is I think he was an alien. Anyways, yeah, uh, alien. Anyways, we get a cool scene. Uh, Europe aren't European city rooftops the best? They are. You know, it reminds me of Mary Poppins. Kills me. I've never seen Mary Poppins. Oh my God. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> no. Nah. Uh, you, you gotta, you gotta go watch the original Mary Poppins with Dick Van Dyke. Maybe I have seen it as a child. I just didn't, I don't remember it. Nah. Um, right. I gotta watch criminal. You gotta watch Mary Poppins, man. Are you kidding? I me? don't know if 
That's criminals on the level of Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins historically, but I would prefer it. Uh, but you're not going to give, you're not going to make your kids watch criminals. So no. anyways, you get a cool scene of a son running through the rooftops. And, uh, I always wanted to like my fantasy as a child was to be a thief, like in Venice, Italy. That was my, uh, that was my fantasy. I was, I've never stolen a thing in my life, by the way. Uh, I'm not exaggerating there. Maybe I have, sure. like if we say like, I took, I took some leftovers from the fridge that is technically stealing. Right. Yeah. If, if you, you like ate something. Yeah. Like if you didn't ask and somebody wanted something and it was theirs. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. done that like at home yeah. and then played the dummy after. But, uh, as far as actually stealing something, no, but I would have been an honorable thief. Just sure. Prancing Just... over the, <laughs> the Venetian rooftops, man. I, I had an obsession with Venice as a child. I'm going to have to go there. There was mm-hmm. a book called the thief Lord. Uh, about a bunch of like ragtag group of kids, uh, orphans, I think. Yeah. And um, they were taken in by uh, a leader called the Thief Lord. And so the whole book's about that. There are thieves in, in Venice and it's it's awesome. Um, all right. So Asan gets away. Of course, having to rub the hitman's nose in it. He has to. Mm-hmm. Asan can't do something without rubbing someone's nose in it. No, he, he's got to gotta make sure you know you lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah which we see a couple times in this episode. Yeah. Uh, Asan shows up to Claire's with a surprise, an Arsene, Lup- an Arsene Lupin costume and a train ticket to who knows where. And um, the boys guilt Claire into coming along. Claire's obviously, obviously still in love with uh, Asan. Mm-hmm. Did you, you get that vibe? You get that vibe, right? And we kind of see it in the episode. I, I do. I mean... He's not the doctor's got no chance. It's it's not head over heels or anything like that. Mark, but Mark the doctor has no chance, man. No, no, because he's Mark not interesting. Chance. He's just a doctor. Exactly. Speaking of uh, you know the whole visit to the apartment and giving uh, Raul his gift, can we talk about what must be going through Raul's mind when his dad just pulls out some like top hat out of a out of a box? <laughs> I don't know if there's much what, to get. It's just kind of like my dad. I, my dad's a little bit out of touch here yeah. with my what my interests are. But, but he, like, I like the books. Yeah, he likes the books, but I don't know. His dad is, like, way into it. Like, too into it. I, I disagree with you there, I mean, man. Nothing I mean, wrong, this, is someone, this is someone who I could see running around, you know, at some, like, cosplay event or something. Do you see him wearing the costume, Zach? Lupin? I, I could see him wanting to wear the costume. He secretly wants to. Yes, precisely. Right? Like I secretly want to wear a Hogwarts, you know, uniform and just go around to Islands of Adventure, mm. but I don't. You know what I mean? Sure, it's that we know of. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some secret photos hidden somewhere of you with a with a wand. I'm sure. Those lightning bolts across my forehead. <laughs> um, they convince Claire, who reluctantly, of course, wants to go, and she uh, expresses a frustration of to Hassan that. He essentially, she never has a choice in anything. Mm-hmm. And we get a flashback to Claire in a counseling session talking about Asan, which, by the way, I thought they were married uh, prior to that. Me too. And um, she's essentially um, just pouring her heart out to this therapist about how Asan never tells her anything and also seems to know that Asan is a thief for a living. Uh, we get a cutscene to the thief himself as he's in the middle of a caper. And Asan. Yeah, I gotta say, seeing this, we see a younger, mm-hmm. we see a younger, more daring Asan, but maybe he's just as daring. Just maybe a maybe he older. was a little bit more dumb. No, I don't think so. Obviously, with youth, you're more you're more stupid, of mm-hmm. course. But uh, but at the same time, 
you get a younger, more daring, and you get somebody who's doing like these these dramatic capers, which confirms to me that I was right and that I am right that a younger Asan showing the exploits of a younger Asan would be a great television show. It would be. Yeah. Um, we see him essentially robbing this lady and convincing two cops that he's like a lead cop in the case and convinces this poor, not a really a poor old lady, but we see this lady who were at first, like, at least I'm thinking to myself, does he really rob old people? Like he really robs the elderly, like innocent elderly people. But we see that he actually has like a code sorts. Mm-hmm. He seems to only rob people who get their, their, who have stolen what they have. Right. So he robs the crooks. Where did, and, where, where did they mention that uh, she had stolen those or they were, uh, they were, she makes, a, she makes, manner. she makes a comment that they, they got those diamonds from Congo and mm-hmm. she makes a pretty, she makes like a pretty, um, um, how do I put it? Kind of like a really, man, like an exploitive comment saying, uh, those people were shitting on a fortune and they didn't know it. So we helped ourselves, Oh, you know? By the way, I missed who would that say one. that to a cop? Yeah, who would say that too. to a cop? It was almost one of those things where the writers needed to let the audience know, hey, Hassan's not a douchebag who robs people who are good. Yeah. You know? But no, he robbed her of pretty much everything that was stolen, which are, you know, they robbed those people from Congo, mm-hmm. essentially, because those people don't know any better, according yeah. to what she's saying there. Anyways, so uh, Hassan fools her, gets even a Fabergé egg. Yeah. From the whole mix, which I think also are stolen from like a Russian royal family. So um interesting enough, uh he gets away and of course has to rub he has to rub it in the nose of the two cops outside by oh, even yeah. showing them what he has in the bag. It's great. I love That's it. Hilarious. Yeah. We get a cut back to uh Claire, who we see once again, uh she's trying to give it her all in the relationship with Sam, but she's obviously not sure whether he loves her. So uh, it's in that moment where we realize that she's pregnant. Yeah. And so she makes a decision to tell Salman that night. I really enjoyed this personally. The the fact that they chose this flashback to, because uh, they, they really think about it with the context of what's happening in the future. It doesn't necessarily um, match with the events or like add to it, but it does add to his relationship with Claire. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that that's important. I think with some of what happens towards the latter part of the episode. Um, they're, they go out to dinner on that same night. And Hassan, of course, chooses a the most popping... Oh, no, I definitely like, skipped something here. I definitely skipped something here. They're well, planning to go to dinner. On yeah, that night. So true. go ahead, add, add what you are going to say. Well, I was just going to say, he picked like the bougiest restaurant I've, <laughs> I've seen. If I, I wish something like that existed over here. It's pretty nice. I might yeah, have to rob do. somebody to go, go, but... Hey, you got to go to Miami. Miami yeah. has some, some spots. No, there. there there are some good spots down there. Um, all right. So there's a lot of flashbacks and flash forwards. So yeah, me I mean they, they kind here. of they kind of just communicate that you know their their relationship is having difficulties yeah, you, and she is well, pregnant. But but you but you get a sense that they also are meant for each other in, yeah. in, in some aspect because you get a scene on the train where Asan says we're crazy but we're connected. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I like the flashback after that, where you see Benjamin, a young Benjamin and a son yeah. in the restaurant, you get the little backstory that answers my question on how the hell Benjamin got that, Absolutely. Um, that lot in the flea market, which if that's a flea market in France, they should see the flea markets here. 
<laughs> because uh, that's a nice looking sh- shopping square. And maybe oh, it wasn't yeah. that way because it was 14 years prior, right? True. So maybe it wasn't that way. But you see that Benjamin and Hassan kind of have like this little criminal uh, enterprise going on, which yeah. they got to be good at what they do, right? Because it's 14 years and they haven't been caught. Yeah. So well, I mean, I mean, he's he steals the stuff, and you know, Benjamin sells it. Benjamin, that's I mean, a perfect setup. It's a really what good setup. The, what are the odds that you find like somebody who's willing to be a criminal with you in school? You know what I mean? Because a thief yeah. can't do it all alone. You need somebody like a Benjamin. I had made this comment last episode. Everyone needs mm-hmm. a Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm on the money, bro. I'm on the money. <laughs> um, we see a younger Juliet who is a looker. I gotta say, she's a looker. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm clearly, not a big fan. I think Claire looked better. Mm. All right. No, I don't, I'm not with you on that, but uh, <laughs> for sure. I mean, Claire's pretty, but it's what it is. Uh, Juliet has a different look to her, which we know why, because she passes by and she's flirting with the son and uh, mm. he follows her to the restroom, which also shows that another side of a son that he was cheating on Claire for quite a bit there with Juliet. Yeah. Juliet, after all, as we saw in episode one, was a son's, first romantic interest yeah so uh um, the pool at the pool Swim right over. that was a great scene <laughs> that was a great scene uh but now you can see the roles have flipped and juliet's mm-hmm. totally in love with Hassan, and he's not quite into her yeah in that regard so he's trying to call it quits with that which obviously breaks your heart you get that nice close-up shot where he grabs her face and then you see her eyes water it's a great moment yeah um flash forward you get a, I'm going to just kind of skip a little bit around here. Asan finally realizes that Pellegrini's hitman is on the train with them. And uh, they're all heading to the same place, which is, I think, the hometown of Maurice LeBlanc. I didn't quite catch what it was, but uh, think, or maybe I it's Needle it Rock. But it's uh, it's a celebration of Arsene Lupin. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're all heading in the same direction. But Asan now knows things are getting messy because he's got the hitman on the train with him. Yeah. We get a cut to Pellegrini that uh gives us looking a moment where he looks as villainous as ever smoking by the window ordering his hitman to kill us on and to yeah. spare the family you know we get that moment um i was surprised Hassan. that he ended up saying to spare the family i mean this guy's caught yeah. in a lot of trouble they just killed yeah, an old lady that, they, that kind they of threatened took me back wife. as well that kind of took me back as well well i don't think he's a straight up like wants to kill people I think he's just a very self-interested individual and he's going to protect himself at all costs. The wife and the kid got nothing to do with him, you know? Also, there's kind of a code, you know, if you're, if you're not a complete piece of crap, you know, you're not going to kill the wife and kid. Why? Well, yeah, he's, really he's had a history with threatening the wife. Like, look at, look at Dumont. He's a self-interested individual. Exactly. What was going to happen? What was going to happen if he didn't do that? Mm-hmm. It's a different situation. You know, Hassan doesn't know to, to his knowledge, Hassan doesn't know that he knows about Hassan at this point. Well, actually, no, he should know, but he doesn't know that the hitman's on the tr- on the actual train. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, we get a moment there. Hassan is strategizing somehow to get this hitman off of him, and so he impromptu opens up a birthday cake that he had for his son and has the whole train singing. Which um, he takes a moment to get away to go get some drinks to bring back and leads the hitman who's so conspicuous. I mean, the guy That's is like terrible. a walking, it's like, come on, bro. Like doesn't even like a song walks past him. He's one row past him and he gets up and follows him immediately. Yeah, I know. Anybody you know? on the train is going to be like, what's going on? Yeah. It's weird. Right? Like it's too, too obvious. 
anyways, uh, Asan locks him, long story short, beats him up and locks him in the last compartment of the train, which I wonder how he got out of that so quickly because sooner, nobody was back sooner. There. Yeah. He, I mean, if he was screaming and hitting it hard, you know, but, but, it, but whatever. there was, the, I mean, you had the last train car with literally nobody in it. I think the last two had nobody in it. So why would a conductor go all the way back there? Unless he's just looking to see if someone's, you know, hijacking a ride. But you're not going to hear someone well, yelling on a train. Are you kidding? Have you been on a train? I I have, I think. It's loud. But I don't remember it. Yeah. Well, um, either way, he gets out, Zach. And uh, he, Mr. Conspicuous Hitman decides that he's going to sit with Asan and his family mm. at this point. <laughs> and like as if he's not menacing at all. Super. Yeah. Super awkward scene. It's funny. He's like two uh, feet it was awkward when he like <laughs> when he like grabbed his son. I found that super awkward. Doesn't yeah. he grab the son? I was uh, like, man, that's a little bit too I don't much. Know here. if he did or not. He grabs like he grabs him by the wrist. He's like, yeah, like I'm I'm here and I'm gonna mess with your family if you don't behave. Hmm. Well, did you saw him flash that gun as well, right? Yeah, as com- as yeah, conspicuous as, right? as possible. Just, me- <laughs> everyone's looking at him. He just like rips open his coat, and there's this massive, what looks like a desert eagle. It's so yeah. big in his pocket because he's a small dude. But that was, <laughs> that was something else. Anyways, uh, the hitman sits with the family, and he tells us on we got to stay. He for him to stay behind, essentially trying to spare the family here. And he says, "Don't try anything funny." Uh, Asan, meanwhile, is one step ahead of him. He texts the police department, or specifically the captain of that little detective squad that we've determined to call the captain yeah, and um, sends a text to let him know specifically that he is Paul Sernin and he's on a train and he's wearing a beige coat, which he is not wearing, but the hitman is wearing. Mm. Um, he gives him the location, tells him that the, that the train's about to dock here in the station and he wants to meet for a coffee or something like that. He's just taunting him, mm-hmm. but he makes sure to, to note, that he uses the pen. I forget what he says, but he mentions the pen that the detective gave him in the Louvre so that he knows like, Hey, this is not a joke. This is not a spam call. Yeah. I like that scene. Cause I was thinking to myself, what do you do in this situation? You got your, your family on the train. Like, what are you going to do here? And so I thought that was pretty clever. It was very clever. I'm surprised it's that whole, you know, last element on the train stayed as calm as it did. I it was is still reckless, him to though. just like try and beat him up. It is again. still reckless, but it, but it's unselfish because if you think about it, let's say you didn't have the corrupt Dumont. Because let's fast, let's kind of like push forward here a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hitman does come off the train. He gets arrested instead of a son because the cops are waiting on the platform. what is that called the platform. the platform, and uh, they find a diamond in his pocket as well because the son made sure to plant one in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also risky and also unselfish of Asan to do it because if you really think about it, if they didn't have the corrupt Dumont who made the call to pretty much let him go, as you mm-hmm. see later, uh, then you would essentially have somebody who knows the identity of the person who robbed the loot, right? Yeah. He could bail, he could just kind of bail himself out. Uh, so that's a pretty interesting side note there. But then again, maybe Asan is so smart. He's smarter than me. He knows Dumont's going to let him go <laughs> because he knows it works for Pellegrini and Pellegrini is, you know, essentially bankrolling Dumont. Yeah. I think he secretly knows or knew just, I don't think he knew it would happen as quickly as it did. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, in all of this, I've I've passed my favorite scene of the episode. I didn't mention it. We get the flashback of Asan at dinner with Claire. Oh yes, this is great. It's, it's the best scene of the episode. Uh, they go to the restaurant that is not a quiet restaurant, or it is kind of quiet, but it it's just very seemed fancy. Seemed very quiet. It was just like I said, bougie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Asan makes a scene until Claire finally tells him that she's pregnant, which uh, I love the sequence of her telling him that and his facial reaction mm-hmm. with the music. And he, I mean, it's, it's the best scene in the episode by far. And, uh, and he makes a scene, he, he gives the reaction that, uh, that a woman who is unsure and like nervous for a situation, yeah. I think needs in that, you know, like he reassured her of everything in that yeah. moment. And then they have their, um, they're kind of a little, <laughs> you get that very comedic moment where he sees the old woman in the restaurant and she recognizes him and he recognizes her. And you <laughs> kind of get the feeling of like, how is this guy going to balance mm-hmm. being a father where at every turn, he's probably running into somebody he's conned in this city. Cause mm-hmm. he, he, he's not low key either. Like he robs people. No, and, I mean, and everybody knows eating. what he looks like essentially. Yeah. And he's eating like in the fancy restaurants and he's wearing a nice suit and which he was not supposed to be. He was supposed to be inconspicuous and, and, you know, play it small, but he's not doing that either. That's not very fun now, is it? No, it's not fun, <laughs> but I mean, you got responsibilities, man. Well, it is what it is. All right. So let's keep on going forward here. Uh, Asan gets the hitman off his tail, but he doesn't know that the hitman has been uh, released by Dumont. Mm-hmm. Claire confronts Asan on who the man was because anybody, I mean, a blind person would know that that hitman was there to kill. Oh yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Asan makes another promise that he probably can't keep about, uh, essentially saying, Hey, this is about my father. This is important. And once it's done, I'll tell you everything. No more mm-hmm. secrets, which harkens back to the flashback of them on the bridge where he says no more, no more screw ups. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I got to say the way that they just intertwined their relationship in this episode was great. I think obviously we're going to see the the continuation of it and in the episodes that come after this one, but um, you get a nice moment of them where he's trying to fight that kind of person that he innately is, which is this, the gentleman thief, which is the guy who can't be uh, in one place for too long. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying he's just he wants that life where he can be the the husband and have the kids and all that, but it's just not quite it's not him. him. He's fighting, yeah, yeah. You get that sense, right? That it's not quite him. But if it's going to be for like if it doesn't work out with him and Claire, it won't work out for him and anybody. Is yeah. kind of the sense you get. So um, in that moment, you, and Claire's really not buying it, but you can see that he is kind of whittling away at her resistance. He kind of seems like the the guy who's. Uh, how do I put it? Uh, I mean, not incriminate, but this is just human nature. I think anybody who's dated yeah. can, you know, relate to this. You're dating a girl, right? Or in, whoever you are in the audience, wherever you're dating, you're dating a girl and uh, you're like, eh, you're okay. You're not that into her. <laughs> but the moment she starts talking to someone else, you're mm-hmm. like, whoa, whoa. So you want what you can't, you want what you can't have. And so you go and you get her back, but then you get her back and you're like, well, I got her now. So now I'm, no longer as interested as I was before. Yeah, you're comfortable. So it, it's a dynamic where uh, he seems to only come in when she's about to move on from him. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So anyways, in that moment, Claire can't find Raul. He's gone missing on the beach. And you have this manic moment of her and Asan searching down the coastline with a bunch of people wearing top hats because it's a celebration of Maurice yeah. LeBlanc. And like so you have this Harry moment Potter where scene. there's, yeah, there's a bunch of people there who look like Raul. Everybody has like froze and stuff like that. <laughs> and um, long story short, they can't find him. And the episode ends on a high note where we see a cut to the hitman essentially shoving Raul into the car. Yeah. Uh, some car. I don't know where he got the car. Where the hell did he know. get that car? That's like he he got out of being arrested Prison, in like got two minutes. Car. Like he could not have even gone to the police station because they just they got off the platform and then they went straight to this place. So how did he get arrested? Yeah, go to jail, get free, rent a car. Yeah, I have that written down as my as my plot hole as well. Yeah, that that's got to be it. But I'll continue here. I also had an issue with Raúl not screaming like a maniac Mm -hmm. in that moment. Like he's like, "Oh, please, just stop!" (laughs) I'd be I'd be like, "Dad, yeah, I'd be screaming like Simba." Yeah, he gets in the the car pretty well. He's like someone being arrested, nicer than someone being arrested. Just all right, all right, I'll go in. (laughs) <laughs> if you're gonna shoot if you're gonna shoot me shoot yeah. me in the parking lot i'm not gonna get in the fucking car yeah he's not gonna <laughs> anyways um they can't find him and you have this moment it's a great shot um very staged but obviously asan you have in it like this shallow depth of field and you yeah. can only see him and he's manic and he's desperate and you see a man step into the frame behind him and call and say lupin and Asan, of course, since he embodies that man, yeah. turns around. And you get the square off between the detective who knows who he is, who's put it all together from episode one, he's been on to him for the most yeah. part. And you get that cliffhanger where it just ends. Yeah. Oof. That uh that shot, you know, really I already I already thought uh Asan had some serious <laughs> identity issues. <laughs> But after responding to somebody so. calling him Loop, because he thinks he's, he literally thinks he's Lupin. Like he's responding to someone saying Lupin as if it's his name. Like yeah. think about how, think about how deep that, like you have to consider yourself to be somebody to just respond to someone's name. It wasn't like you just heard someone yell and you turn because you're well, like, oh, what was that noise? It was just like Lupin. It's his, it's his Bible. Huh. You know what I mean? The the book series, our son Lupin's book series, are, it's 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 his Bible essentially. It's his mantra. It's his since, co- since what? The it's age his of code. 14? It's his yeah. It's his code of what he lives by. Mm-hmm. So um, naturally, you know, how about this? Let's let's bring it home. Usually, we like the shows and the characters that we feel we relate to in some mm-hmm. sense. We like the musicians that we feel we relate to, the artists, the writers the actors we like the ones that we feel we relate to in some sense or another yeah. so if lupin feels that he relates to i call him lupin i literally just called him lupin yeah. if Hassan feels that he relates to lupin then he's lupin i think is, that it, kind of uh you know enforces the fact that no matter how much time goes by like he he cannot stop what he's doing so it's always going to be a matter of him trying to juggle you know, his personal life with that. He, he seems to want to some degree, uh, with, with his true personality is his true self. I mean, he, he can't, he cannot not be looping. Well, I got to say in this episode, I'm going to harken back to what I said that they kind of brilliantly told the story of young Asan with older, more seasoned Asan. 
Mm-hmm. And you see somebody who's younger, who obviously seems like he just kind of like lived life by the, you know, just by day to day, you know, improving everything that he would do and planning it and everything always kind of just went according to plan. And you got that first glimpse that things would catch up to him when he finds out the most important announcement of his life, that he's going to be a father in a restaurant where he also makes eye contact with this woman that he just robbed blind. Yeah. Right. So you kind of get the sense that those two are not going to mix in the future. And this episode is an example of it where something that he thought he planned so well got so messy and now it's not him who's paying for it, but it's his son. So now you get this kind of like generational uh, curse type of theme in here. Uh, that is a very interesting one to play with. Yeah. Um, and you see Claire involved in it too, because we don't even see Claire's reaction to this. What's going to happen next? You know, does, what will Hassan do? Does he befriend the detective? Yeah. I kind of got it, that vibe you know, from it, you know, because I think the detective is also a fan of Lupin as well. Like he had, he had to, he has to be a fan of Lupin. I mean, he got a text that it was, it was LeBlanc, at LeBlanc's uh, birthday. Uh, well, what's the, what's the point of reporting Hassan mm-hmm. if your whole police department is corrupt? That's true too. Right? That, I mean, that's that's got to be the line gonna... of reasoning that Lupin, that Hassan uses, right? Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched the next episode, so I'm like you now. We're on even footings here. I, I don't know what's going to happen now. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so that's the route I would go if I was Hassan. I would say, you know, what's the point of turning me in? Your, your commissioner is on the bankroll of Pellegrini. Mm-hmm. You know, tell him your whole story, buddy. This is going to be your Gordon. This is not for real. Uh, it's the Gordon to his know. Batman. Exactly. So he needs he needs an ally. I said he needed Fabian as a journalist, and she got killed. But he needs somebody inside who's on his side, who knows that he is not a an evil person. I that he's not a thief like a like a really corrupt evil thief. He's somebody who has a code of honor. I think they will become friends, honestly, throughout the the second part of this season because i hope so i mean again obviously this this guy yusuf is he's a fan of lupin and not not Hassan, but he's a fan of lupin who is being portrayed he is he is by by you know uh being a fan of he's lupin, always the book, he's always the speaking character. quite highly of Hassan without knowing him you know yeah yeah so you but get, he's a fan you get he's this, a fan of lupin well he has to become friends with Hassan because then the show cannot go on so, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, As- he, he's a goes. tiny dude. Hassan could uh, beat him up and, him. and get away. You really no, want he could kill him to kill too. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want him to kill Yusuf. Pellegrini, maybe, but not Yusuf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into some categories here. Right. Um, is this the best episode of the season? I would say it's number two. Number one was just it was really good. Yeah. Number one, I, one, this is number two. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, you don't get two without one you know what i mean yeah so uh i gotta say most memorable uh, most memorable person in this episode is young Hassan. Mm, interesting right mm-hmm. you get the interesting caper with the old lady and uh he's just fun to watch man he's fun he to is, watch he is really fun and that's he makes that answer. scene in the restaurant that's a great scene mm-hmm. you know it's just a overall great scene it just kind of further convinced me that a show like this i don't know uh, what you would do i guess it would be pretty interesting to show like the 14 years of, of young Assad. i don't know how omar shai is going to do that with the climbing years. up the wall and instance you know they did make him look youthful <laughs> they but did. uh they did anyways 
Uh, what about yours? What was like, who was your, like more, who made the biggest impact on you that you were like, all right. He, I mean, he kind of steals the episode. Yeah, every time. He, 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 he does. Him. I mean, the whole thing is about him. Uh, I, I don't, the, the character that kind of just stood out to me the most, but it was also, uh, you know, the newer character was the, the gullible old lady. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, this, I, w- I, I wouldn't recognize that lady. If I, I saw her twice. I don't, I don't know. Like, how dumb are you? If if you're just gonna hand over like ninety percent of your wealth, well, it was her husband who got the wealth. Yeah, but she, uh, she it's hers. Look at her little penthouse that she's in. Are you kidding? Well, you know it's actually an issue with a lot of like retirement communities and stuff like that. Like old people can get conned very easily. Oh, that's for sure. So they're very they they try to like take care of them as much as possible because <laughs> they're susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say it's hard to tell what's next here. Because usually you get a cliffhanger like this at the end of a season, and this is the midway point. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure where it goes from here. I'm assuming they have to resolve the, the storyline with Raul being yeah. missing by episode six or seven. That can't be something that gets strung along for five episodes. I, can't, I, don't, I just don't see it. It could. I think it's unlikely. I, th- I think a lot, two to three episodes at least, is, is going to be all about getting Raul back. Uh, and working his way up the ladder to Pellegrini. I don't even know how he brings Pellegrini down. If you really think about it, like what does he do at this point? (laughs) He's got to kill Pellegrini. He's got to die. Yeah. There's no way around this. And does Raul, Raul obviously now has to find out about his father, about what his father does. Yeah. So everything's going to come crashing Crashing down down for for him. For Hassan here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the detectives are pulling the train manifest. Yeah, so when they pull the train manifest, they're going to have his face, his name, his wife, his son. They're going to know Babacar Diop. This Mm -hmm. is a son Diop. Okay, it's obvious at that point, right? Unless he uses a fake name. Mm. I don't think. I don't think he's using a fake name. We're going to see if they if they don't revisit that train manifest. That's going to be the biggest. That's a plot. That's a plot hole, right? All right, plot holes in this episode though. We kind of counted it, and I got to say we have the same one. You yeah. want to take it? How on earth <laughs> did this hitman get out of, get arrested, get out of jail, <laughs> rent a car, drive to the beach where, where uh, Asan, uh, his ex, and Raul is, uh, and then kidnap the kid? How did he find the kid when everybody is looking the same? That was like a five-minute span. It was like a, like five, maybe 10 minute conversation. If you kind of factor in real world time versus the cut down time of a sequence, but how maybe he pulled a tenant. <laughs> he attacked know. from the future while he was getting the rental car in the past. If he's pulling a tenant, this guy, he's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> if this is him in tenant mode, I can't imagine what he's like in not tenant mode. All right, let's let's end this with the psychology and the mindset of Hassan right now. He's just come face to face with a detective who knows his identity. His son is missing. Mm-hmm. His ex-wife is nearby and about to be quite distraught. What do you do now if you're Hassan? Well, I here's why I kind of think Hassan can be a killer. And here's why I think he could kill <laughs> Pellegrini. Think you about really this. Want look, to at, kill. look at what 
Well, I mean, you're going to buy me a bottle of whiskey now if I get that right. So I kind of do. Oh, but okay. let's let's think about uh, let's think about. I didn't um, say how big the bottle of whiskey is going to be. It's just it's going to be, be little, little, little like, test or trial yeah, bottles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, let's look at episode. What was it? Three. Yeah, three. When uh, when he kidnapped Dumont, uh, he he can stay calm, cool, and collected until you hit the right strings. And the moment Dumont started talking about something, he got angry and when he got angry he gave away who he was okay he was able to kind of keep things under control because he had leverage but he has no leverage on pellegrini and what's about to happen right now everything is going to fall apart his son's going to know what he does his wife's going to know that he's been lying and doing this stuff for the past 14 years after he said he was seemingly said he was going to stop uh the police are going to be after him because they're going to have him on camera from the train station the whole his whole thing is going to fall apart, and I think yeah. that's going to hit the right strings and make him angry. It, his life has to be essentially one on the run now, right? Yeah, I because mean, even even if you have a man even, on the inside, well, the he, whole entire agency is corrupt. Even if, even if they prove Pellegrini is uh, a villain or whatever, he's not going to get forgiven without like a you know. A criminal no. trial that he, he robbed the loot. He's gonna go to prison. Like, he, he's, he's, he's going, going to. Prison. to he, he's going Not to go to any prison. To, oh, contain oh, him, what if what if this show ends? That? No. What if this show ends with with uh, Asan going to prison for what his dad went to prison for, but because he actually did that, he actually stole the necklace. That's pretty good, but. That'd be an interesting he, ending. He's going to escape the prison. Like, it's just. <laughs> it's, <laughs> the, the, I think he might. Remember, even when he ends with loses, him getting arrested. He wins. Yeah. No, it's true. Maybe this ends with him getting arrested and they kind of leave it as, you know, a cliffhanger. Does he get out? He's gotten out before. Uh, it's not good enough. I don't know. It's not good enough. He kills Pellegrini, think, then gets arrested. I don't know. I mean, that, that's. Uh, that could be pretty good. I do good. think this season ends with him on the run. Because cause here's the thing. He has nothing on Pellegrini right now. And even if he, well, he does, but how are you going to get it out? He already tried. Well, and, he tried it with the well, best resource that he had. You posted it on, on the internet. It went viral. That was shot down. You tried to go on national television and I think he, he was there. He, they re, they, they overdubbed the tape. Like, I think the only way he, he gets Pellegrini is by recording him somehow that broadcasts like live. That's the only way to get him. That's the only and way. And then, but at the same time, he needs to cover his tracks. You know what? But maybe maybe his new friend, the detective, if they become friends, can mm-hmm. cover for him and clear his name with the other two detectives who are clearly going to be on to him once they get that train manifest. I had to pull myself back, Zach. I almost watched that next episode. Yeah, it started, but I stopped it right away. Yeah. Yep, yep. Same here. I'm looking forward to it. I think this was a good episode. I think this was a great first part. And I think this show was a very nice surprise to have stumbled upon. Uh, when we did so yeah yeah all right uh thank you all for tuning in zach do you have anything else before we close this episode no i mean i I think we pretty much hit everything i'm just excited to to get on to the second part of this season same Same here i'm watching them tomorrow morning all of them (laughs) maybe not all of them because we got to do these I, i would rather just watch and record one at a time yeah so we'll have to schedule these all right um Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Mario Busto, your host. And uh, Zach, please plug us on the way out. Absolutely. So you can find us on, well, you'll be able to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, pretty much anywhere that you can find a podcast. Uh, 
as Story Archives. You can also visit a website at storyarchives.themidnightexchange.com, uh, which is actually our uh, podcast uh, network. Um, you can visit that website at themidnightexchange.com. Uh, the Midnight Exchange has its own podcast. Uh, you can also find us uh, or the network on you know Twitter at the Midnight Exchange. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Twitter is T-H-E-M-E podcast, but Instagram and Facebook is The Midnight Exchange. Uh, and then Mario, I think you have uh, a channel on Instagram, is it, for Story Archives? Yeah, I have um, just at Story Archives on Instagram. And really, um, it's just a page that posts movie and television show highlights and it will expand to eventually having podcast content, like micro content on there probably. Mm-hmm. So, um, Give yeah, it a that follow. is just my... That's just my like my Tumblr. That's my Tumblr of, of cinema and, and television knowledge on that story archives. I wonder how many people listening to this are going to know what Tumblr is, Mario. A lot of people, because because Tumblr still exists, I think, bro. It does. I don't even. I but never really Tumblr. had a Tumblr, <laughs> but Tumblr was always like the inside of a person's mind. Was yeah. a Tumblr. Yeah, back in the day, but you and I are. I think I, I think oh. Tumblr needs to resurface, personally. I would like to see that compete with Facebook in some manner. Well, all, the thing is that Tumblr was like a no filter Facebook. It was like, this is you, yeah. you know? It's, 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 all, you have your own site. It's whatever you want. And Instagram is so based on like a, a facade of who people are. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Anyways, it didn't start that way though. Uh, but all right, let's close this one out. I don't know why I just went into that, but uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in again. And uh, until next time, enjoy the next part of the loop. Take care. See you.